We are in our last week of our Sex, Dating, and Relationships series. So last week, again, just as a reminder, we didn't have youth. Uh, we got snowed out, uh, which is a little bit unfortunate because I was giving a talk that I've given every year for the last three years. So if you've been to youth before and you've heard the uh, dating talk, it would have been nothing new last year, except you would have seen an annual picture of me from high school and college, which are both special treats. Um, but that being said, anybody remember our three categories of relationships from last year? We have neighbor, marriage. <laughs> neighbor, marriage, neighbor. <laughs> Two out of three, that's a 66, which I think is still passing. But what is Crocker doing over there? <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Family, neighbor, marriage. Yes. <laughs> if you have no idea what that is, if you've never heard that before, uh, you can go on the podcast and listen to it. It's the same thing every year. But the first week... Uh, we talked about, oh, sorry, before I forget, Luke, can you go in the back and there's just some pieces of paper? Uh, can you just make sure everybody gets one of those? Everybody, we're going to pass around a piece of paper, um, and I'll get to that in a minute. But the first week, we talked about uh, homosexuality. So that was, a really, um, that was a really sensitive issue. I know that was a sensitive topic to cover. Uh, if you weren't here for that, basically what we talked about was uh, how do you respond to someone in your life when they ask you if homosexuality is a sin? So if you follow Jesus, if you've put your faith in Jesus, you would call yourself a Christian and you're at school or work or on a sports team or whatever and someone throughout a conversation asks you, do you believe that homosexuality is a sin or do you think gay people go to hell or whatever the question is framed like, how do you as a follower of Jesus respond to that? So that was a really awesome night together. We talked through that. Uh, Jonathan was able to share his story, which was super encouraging. Uh, so if, again, if you weren't there, you can go back and listen to it on the podcast. Uh, but tonight is something that we do every year, which is always uh, by far my favorite part of our Sex, Dating, and Relationship series, uh, is we get to hear from one of your very own youth leaders. So uh, before I intro tonight, anymore. Just one quick comment. Uh, you, that piece of paper is for you to write one or multiple. It's big enough that you can write a couple questions, but write any sex, dating, or relationship questions. What? Okay. I'll, there's, I have these. Oh, did I already give them away? Oh, no. There's like actual pieces of paper. There you go. Yeah. Thanks. Um, you can. Here's the goal behind these. Sometimes you may feel scared or nervous or awkward asking a question that you really want to have answered for you, but you don't want to talk to anybody individually or don't want to share with your small group. And so what we do every year is we typically have a Q&A night, but we uh, don't have time for that this year. Uh, so write your questions on that piece of paper. You don't have to write your name. If you want to, you can. But you don't have to write your name, and then at the very end, you can come and put all of your questions here into the Sabbath box, and there will be a podcast Q&A 
probably by myself and my wife, Nicole. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's going to be really cool. So if you have questions, be sure to write them down. It can be anything and everything. There are no rules. There are no regulations. There's no inappropriate question. You can feel free to ask anything that you want. Write them down, and then at the end, you can fold them up if you don't want anybody to see, and you can put it in the Sabbath box. But that being said, week one, we talked about homosexuality, uh, and we looked at what our response as followers of Jesus should be when we get asked the question, uh, do you believe that homosexuality is a sin? So fun fact also, I did send Bobby the talk. So I DM'd him on Instagram with a link, and I was like, Bobby, I just want you to know, man, your story was really inspiring. It inspired me to give this talk to my youth, and I would love for you to listen to it. And guess what? He did not write back yet. But I'm believing in faith that Bobby will, it's not even read yet, but he does have like 1.3 million followers, so he probably gets a lot of DMs, uh, so that would be really cool. But anyways, um, so that was week one. We also had a testimony uh, that week with Jonathan, which was, as I said, really awesome. But this week, we are also having our leader, a leader testimony. Now, here's why we do this. Oftentimes, when it comes to this conversation of sex, dating, and relationships, everything is kind of like theory or it's like theology, and you may be asking yourself, okay, all of that sounds really, really good, but what does that mean in real life? And how does this play out in my dating life or in my sexuality or with my story? And we all come from different backgrounds, and all of us have vastly different stories and history and struggles and victories when it comes to sex, dating, and relationships. So every single one of your youth leaders has a different story when it comes to this conversation. Some people uh, grew up in a Christian home and it was like they got taught the rules and they never did like quote unquote anything bad and then like they got married and like everything seemed to work out for them. Other them, other people had vastly different stories with very different struggles with different people at different stages of their life. Uh, and so I want to encourage you on the front end, there's no like one right way to figure this stuff out. Again, as we talked about, there's Jesus at the bullseye of sexuality, human sexuality. Everything else is hamartia, which is missing the mark. So it doesn't matter if you miss the mark in your mind or in sexually exploring your sexuality with multiple people at multiple stages. All of us have missed the mark, and Jesus is the center, and we want to just figure out where to align our sexuality with who Jesus is and what he's called us to. So that being said, um, we are going to have a time of testimony. Really exciting. Uh, we are going to hear from Steph Bargan. Uh, which is really exciting. So welcome, please, to the stage, Nicole and Steph. I have the chips Hi, because everybody's. I'm obsessed, but I probably won't eat them because the mic and that'll be awkward. <laughs> yeah, that's literally like my worst nightmare is hearing like <laughs> audible chewing. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to open us up in prayer again, and then we'll get started with Steph. So, Jesus, thank you so much for this time. Thank you that 
um, we have the safety to explore these topics um, from a biblical standpoint. And um, I just thank you so much for Steph and the story that um, you've written for her. And um, we know that it's only by your grace that she's able to share um, what she can tonight. And um, I just thank you so much for uh, the redemption that you give to us and um, just your plan for making all things new. And we see glimpses of that in our story. Um, so I'm just so thankful for you redeeming staff and um, just in this specific subject as well. So please bless this time and um, may it be beneficial. Your name I pray, amen. Okay, so let's open it up. Steph, can you introduce yourself a little bit, just your family makeup? Are you married? How long? Some basic info for us. Yeah, um, I'm Steph, obviously. Um, I've been married for four years now, coming up on five, um, to Clint Parkin. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, I just, I grew up in a Christian home. I have three, or sorry, two sisters, three girls. Um, and we all kind of live in the lower mainland area. And yeah, that's kind of my family. Cool. Uh, did you grow up going to church? What was your family church uh, situation like? Yeah, so I grew up uh, going to Willingdon. Um, and that's kind of my whole growing up years were there. Um and, yeah, I just kind of, I grew up going to church, but um, I kind of never really, like, connected, I guess, with it. I would just kind of go to youth group, but it was like, my parents would be like, you're going to youth group, and, like, not really give me the choice, and, like, I had to go kind of thing, so, but I did really um, kind of eventually, I was really shy as a kid, and still am, um, but, so I really kind of had really hard time on Sunday mornings at, like, at kids' ministry in the mornings. I would, like, have a really hard time making friends because I, like, was super shy and I didn't want to put myself out there. Uh, but I did start kind of making friends, like, in youth because uh, I kind of, my parents had friends and then kind of groomed me into making these friendships. So I do have uh, some friends that I still am, like, really close with today from youth, but... Um, yeah, so that's kind of that. Okay. Um, all right, so what did you hear from parents or your friends or even church about sex, dating, and relationships, that topic? Was it different from, like, what did your parents talk to you about? What did they say at church? Were your friends totally different? Tell us about that. Um, well, I can't really, like, think back on any times when I was growing up that my parents were like really talking to me about sex or relationships or anything other than like I think they kind of like were hoping that I would learn about it at youth or at school or whatever so I can't really yeah I can't think back on any particular conversations um it was just kind of like well you're you know we're a Christian family you know that like we just save ourselves from marriage and like obviously you know and so yeah, so I just, like, can't really think back to anything specific, but, um, so I did kind of hear about it at youth, you know, in these kind of topics around Valentine's Day, um, but most of the time, like, I would just hear everything from my friends at school, 
So you kind of do, you kind of are hearing like two different things. So like all my school friends, I went to a public school, I went to Moskrop. Uh, they were like, you know, obviously had a very different outlook on uh, sex and relationships than like all my youth friends and what I was learning there. So um, yeah, I, yeah, I can't really, I guess uh, the one time when my dad did try to kind of talk to me about it was like every year or every one of us kids like would go um, on this trip with him in grade seven, like a dad-daughter trip down to Seattle. But it was like <laughs> my dad, not to throw my dad under the bus, I think they did the best they could, but uh, <laughs> my dad uh, would put in the Dr. James Dobson, like focus on the family, like sex tape, cassette tape. <laughs> um, in the car, and then it would just be like, the tape would be like, pause for questions, <laughs> and then and then my dad would pause it, and then he'd be like, so do you have any questions? I'm like, no. Please <laughs> 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 just press play. <laughs> and so that was super awkward. Um, so that's kind of the only uh, thing I can think back on that was like in my family, I guess, but yeah. Okay, so in light of that, that might be even some of you guys, like maybe parents are kind of awkward about stuff or you have health class or whatever, but for the most part, you're either learning it through your friends and their experiences or whatever. So you're trying to figure out like where you stand on this, what's okay, what's not, whatever. So in light of all of that, what was your dating life like in high school? Yeah, so I um, was always interested in boys, like literally since like I came out of the womb I liked boys <laughs> so uh, I already had like a boyfriend in preschool that you know whatever that I like and then always liked boys like all through school I had a boyfriend in uh, grade six was like kind of like my first like boyfriend um, but my parents did not know like I was like so afraid to like tell them and I don't know if that was because like I was afraid to like have those conversations or like what it was but I just like I was like I cannot tell them so I had this like totally secret life at school um all my friends knew and everything um but yeah my parents didn't know and I dated him for like like a good year and they didn't know until they found out um <laughs> and so that was kind of that and then um, but probably like my main relationship, I dated um, a guy in high school kind of from the end of grade nine until the middle of grade 12. So it was like a good three years. Um, and yeah, so uh, him and I, yeah, started dating around that time. And um, so he wasn't a Christian. Uh, my parents did. I think no. Yeah, they did know about this relationship. Maybe not right in the beginning, but they did uh, know about it, and they seemed to be okay with it. They, he was really nice. Um, but we would just often like hang out at his house. So my, he would come sometimes to my parents' house, but it was like very much like intentional. We'd always hang out at his house because his parents weren't Christians, so we could go like up to his room. His parents were like, "Just keep the door open," and it would be open like a centimeter. So. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of like for three years. Um, that was like most of my high school experience was with him. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so we did like decide to have sex pretty like soon after we started dating. That was like a big focus of it. Um, so that was just kind of like a regular thing. So yeah. So um, as you're like making this decision and moving forward, I know at least for me from a female standpoint, you're in high school and you said you dated him from grade nine to grade 12. Okay, so that's pretty substantial. In your mind, were you thinking, okay, well, we were dating for a long time. We'll probably get married. Is that, like, out of the question, or did you think that? Yeah, no, I totally was, like, convinced that we were going to get married. My parents actually met in high school um, and are married. Um, So I was like, well, that will probably happen to me. So um, that was, like, really kind of, like, a focus on, like, a lot of, like, the reasons why I, like, kind of justified that relationship was because I was like, well, you know, it's okay if we have sex because even though I knew it was, I definitely knew it was wrong, um, but I was like, but, you know, my parents turned out okay. As long as we do end up getting married, then it'll be okay. So, um, that yeah, that was kind of how I often justified it. But, um, spoiler, we broke up, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, easy to have your mind go there of thinking that like it's fine because like you said you're justifying it um and at the same time um even if like you love him he loves you like all great feelings at the time still thinking of if something happens it's easy to feel like so trapped in that too if you feel like um I've already had sex with this person and I can only have sex with my husband. So like this relationship is awful, but I'm stuck. Um, And we'll talk more about that, but just to interject there, there's like so much grace in that. Like it doesn't have to be this lifelong thing just because of a momentary like lapse in judgment. Uh, Grace is renewed every day. um, And as Steph will continue to talk about. Um, so going on through that of like kind of that lie you believed of this is fine because we'll likely get married. What are some other lies that you might have believed from school and those friends and that circles or even like some lies that you know from like a Christian worldview that you, uh, kind of rooted your identity in those? Yeah. Um, I think like it was because I grew up in, like I said, like my Christian family and then like in youth, um, it was like a, like a big kind of lie that like, well, definitely that like marriage is like the ultimate like goal in life. Um, so I was like, that's why I think why I was so focused on it, like focused on like, I had to be in a relationship and like, um, you know, once I get married, then I've like made it in life um yeah and I think too like a a lie that I often believed was that you know like once I had um like committed like the worst of the sins by like um you know by having sex and that was so like looked down upon because I think often in Christian families it was like well, just as long as you don't have sex, then, like, it's okay. Like, just, like, you can probably do anything else, but just don't do that. Um, So I think, like, I felt, 
like because I did make that choice to do that, um, I felt like kind of like a failure, I guess, um, in like the Christian world. So I also felt like I couldn't come to God after that. And um, even though I knew that what I was doing was wrong, I was just kind of like I would suppress the Holy Spirit so much in those times um, because I would feel him being like, like this isn't like what, what God wants for me. And I would just like suppress it and be like, no, 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 like whatever. I'm just going to like do what I want. Um, and uh, yeah, so then I just felt like I couldn't um, come to God after that and just felt like a block, I guess. And so then I just felt like trapped in it. And then I was just like, well, I've already done it, so might as well just like keep going down that path because I'm already like tainted or whatever and um, nobody is like gonna like see me any different now anyway, like I've already done that. So I guess like I'm kind of like a lost cause, I guess. And um, yeah, I just felt, I think like in the moment of like being with like my high school boyfriend, like I, I felt like okay with it, like I said, because I thought I was gonna marry him. But then after we broke up, I was like, oh my gosh, like what did I do? Because now I'm like, you know, like lost. Like I, I, I lost that part of myself, and then now, like, how will I ever kind of like make up for that? I guess. So, in that, as you have grown up um, in this Christian family, did you feel like you had to completely, like you mentioned a little bit, I think of uh, like two separate lives? So if you are doing this at school. And you have your church friends that you said like you're still friends with now. Um, do you f- were you like open about that? Were you feeling like accepted by that? Did you feel super judged? As like Joseph talked about before, like it's Jesus and everyone else. So like Steph's missing the mark is the same as anyone else's missing the mark. Um, but even in your youth circles, did you feel any sort of like? shame in that like from other girls or guys or leaders or whatever or um was that like something that you had to live like a double life yeah I mean it was definitely a double life like um I lived like a completely different life at youth and then at school so all my youth friends were like oh yeah like Steph's in this relationship with this guy but like they didn't know like what we were doing um and then all my school friends like knew what we were doing and they were like obviously okay with it. So, um, and then there was like the whole aspect with like my parents like didn't know. Um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, it was definitely like a double life. Um, I'd act completely different at youth than I would at school. And um, yeah, it was just like, felt like a fake kind of life, I guess, because I kind of, yeah, try to act a certain way at youth and act like nothing was wrong and, you know, it was all, like, pure and, like, good and then go back to school and, yeah, it was completely different, so, yeah. Yeah, I I think um, so many times, like, we hear stories or our friends or even yourself are feeling like, kind of like a, well, what's, what's the point now? Like, we kind of elevate certain sins sometimes and if we've committed those it's like 
well, I might as well just like have fun while I'm at it because this is like a good time and I'm already kind of tainted, as you said. Um, so moving through that as well, how has that affected any sort of like, I mean, that was in high school when that started. So how did that affect your college years and into future relationships? Um, did you see any effect there or, um, yeah, just tell us about that. Yeah, so my story actually, um, I would say, because I was in that long-term relationship, I uh, everything really like started going down like in grade 12 and then a few years after that. Um, so I guess my story is like more in like those like first college years, I guess. But um, yeah, so once my boyfriend and I broke up, um, it was like super hard on me. It was also like a very messy breakup, so that was tough. Um, and so I just felt like, like I, I don't know, something kind of in me like snapped, and I was just like, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm just going to do whatever. So I kind of, like, pretty soon after that started just, like, because I was so desperately seeking that uh, validation and, like, acceptance from somebody, anybody, like, anybody will, who will make me feel that way again um, because I didn't have that relationship anymore. So I started, like, partying and, like, getting really deep into that um, because that would, like, kind of, take the edge off, I guess, um, and then, you know, through that and, like, through those nights, I would just, like, meet people, and that was almost, like, like, my goal, I guess, too, with, like, going to those parties was, I guess, would be, like, well, then I can meet somebody because then maybe I'll feel, like, good again, and I'll feel, like, worthwhile or, like, like, accepted or loved or valued or any of those things, um, yeah, so unfortunately, I kind of really seek to those things out um, any chance that I got, and um, kind of just anybody who would, like, show interest in me, um, I would just kind of, like, yeah, seek those that feeling out again, so. Um, and we talked a, a little bit about this before. Um, but are there any ways or um, some ways that you still feel like um, there's a battle in being faithful to Jesus in your sexuality in this um, as like being a married uh, woman to Clint? Uh, does this pose any sort of like battles for you guys? Um, any like post consequences, I guess? Yeah, um, definitely like, well, I guess I'll kind of give you a little break precursor of, like, how I got from, like, that time until, like, where I am now and, like, meeting Clint. Um, basically, like, I ended up, well, I ended up in a another long-term relationship about, I guess, about a year. Um, and that was kind of, like, the same type of thing as, like, my first one. Um, and... Um, Basically, then we broke up, and I would take those kind of breakups so hard because I think I would put, like, literally my whole worth in in these, this relationship and what this person thought of me. So then when they wanted to break up with me, I was like, 
literally I have like nothing left and I'm like terrible and like nobody loves me nobody cares about me and so I just I like sunk into this like deep like depression and it was like really awful and like a hard time for me um so basically um I hit like a rock bottom I guess and my dad was like I will I will pay like any amount for you to go to Bible college like whatever school you want to go to like wherever you want to go pick anywhere in the world I'll pay for you I was like I was like well okay and I was like <laughs> I mean California would be nice so then I was like <laughs> um, I think that was just kind of the time you know like you often hear that when people hit rock bottom that's like when they look up and I think that that was like all I had left was like you know I knew the truth of like when you have nothing like you have like everything in God um, so I I just started kind of like seeking that out a bit more um, and then I ended up kind of like um, asking a friend if she would come with me to Bible college and at first she laughed in my face and was like that's ridiculous um, but then she hit a rock bottom was like okay I'll go <laughs> so um, so yeah so we went on that kind of journey I went to Bible college for a year um, in California and that was like super healing for me it was really hard for me at first to like switch gears from like that lifestyle and then to like a very different lifestyle where you're in this like Christian bubble. Um, but it was also like, yeah, it was like amazing for me to just kind of like really focus on that. Um, and that was just like a time for me where I just, uh, yeah, I was just able to like really he heal from all those things and um, just really uh, see like God's uh, heart for me and um, like, his forgiveness for me in in that time um I actually remember like a specific uh circumstance where I was kind of like yeah working through all those like kind of feelings of like forgiveness and like what does that mean for me um and I was like on this beach in California and I was kind of just like walking by myself and then um I was kind of like picking up shells and then if they were broken, I would just, like, throw them back. And then that was the first time that I heard, like, God's voice, like, speak to me. And I was, like, I picked up a shell, and it was broken, and I'd throw it back. And then God said to me, um, like, this is what the world, like, this is what you think the world, like, thinks of you. They pick you up, and they see that you're broken, and they throw you back. Um, and then he said, but then... Like, I pick you up, and I hold you in my hands, and I say that you're beautiful. And, um, yeah, it was really cool. Um, so, yeah, so that was, like, just a really um, healing time for me. Um, so, kind of fast forward, I came back, and... Um, I just spent, like, a lot of time, like, kind of focusing on, like, you know, myself and being single for once and, like, um, yeah, just, like, me and God and, like, what does that mean? Um, so I spent a lot of time in that, and then uh, I started going to Westside right when I got back, and then 
um, I met Clint like in um, community group when I kind of started going there. So um, yeah, so through that, um, that was like a really like actually Clint and I had a really like rough go of things um, in our dating relationship because Clint grew up in a very kind of different way from me. He grew up in the prairies in like a Mennonite family and his parents were like, like, you just do not have sex or I will like kill you. So <laughs> it was like, it was just like, like that kind of vibe. So um, just putting like the fear of man into him. Um, so yeah, so he, you know, did save himself like for his future wife, which ended up being me, um, but felt like really ripped off that I wasn't a virgin for him. And um, I think that was a, like a lot of, a lot of like, um, that shows a lot of like more his side of things. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like a really like tough time for us. Like we kind of like worked through that a lot of like, kind of like his concept of like the gospel and like the whole concept of grace and like what does that mean because it was hard because I had gone through all that time where I was like okay finally if like forgiven myself um but then it was kind of all like stirred up again that like oh no like maybe I do need to feel shamed about like all these things that I've done so um so yeah it was tough but um we were able to work through it, and um, being married has just been, like, like the most, like, redemptive, like, thing of all, because, um, yeah, it's just, like, when, uh, like, sex is between, like, a ma- uh, husband and wife, like, it w- I can't even tell you how, like, different it is from when I was, like, dating and just, like, seeking after that, like, desperately seeking after that one person who will like maybe care about me for 10 seconds like I just you know I can totally like trust that Clint you know loves me and cares about me so much that like I never have to question that and so yeah it's just been like a really like healing um, time for us Um, so I have a two-part question. It's kind of wrapping up here. Um, what's something that you wish you knew about sex, dating, and relationships when you were in high school that you would want to share? And then also part two is what is some encouragement that you would have to give to someone who's maybe currently struggling in similar ways as you once were? Um, yeah, I think... Probably what I wish that I knew is just like, you know, that we've like, we've all missed the mark as Joseph says. And, um, you know, like that, like we're all like on the same playing field. And, you know, even though maybe I've like done more physically than somebody else, then like we're all like the same in God's eyes. And, but also, twofold that like his grace is like so much more like for everyone like it's like it doesn't matter like what you've done or haven't done or whatever like God sees us all the same and when he looks at 
us like he just sees his son and and that's like so amazing like um I remember like a a verse that was like really powerful for me in that time was um like though your sins are like scarlet I'll make you white as snow and um yeah it's just like amazing like the power of the gospel um is just like so transforming and so I think like if you were to hold on to that and the promise of that, that like Jesus can make all things new um, in your life and you just, you can, you can go to him. And I think if I knew that and those like truths and held on to them, then I wouldn't have felt like I couldn't come to come to God anymore because I had messed up so much and like kind of forced him out or forced myself out of that. Um, I would have felt like, you know, I can always go to him because, like, his love for me is the exact same as the day before. So, um, yeah, so I think that's, like, something that I wish I knew and um, just that, like, yeah, we just, like, you aren't, like, what you have done either. Like, those... um, like, the things that you've done in your life um, don't make you who you are. Like, what makes you who you are is that you are a son or daughter of the king, and, like, you are made new, and you're, and you don't actually need to go to, like, a guy or a girl for um, validation or love or acceptance. Like, you already have those things, and um, you just, yeah, like, you just don't, you don't need to seek those things in any other facet of life in this world. Like, you actually already have, like, all the keys to the kingdom. And, um, yeah, so I think if I would have known that I had all of that, like, in literally in, like, arm's reach, um, then I wouldn't have, you know, gone through what I did to just to kind of, like, get to that point. Um so, yeah, I think I would just kind of try to encourage you guys. And if you guys have already, like maybe some of you already have, like, had sex and you are feeling, like, those feelings of guilt or that you can't um, come to God because of that and you feel, like, guilty or you can't, like, talk to your parents or anybody about it, um, I would just try to encourage you that, like, yeah, like, Jesus is... Jesus like died for for that and for those situations and for that sin and um like his love and his grace is like all over that and for those times when we choose to not go to him it's like it's just like kind of putting Jesus back up on the cross um so yeah I just kind of I just say that yeah just to hold on to those truths that you're you're accepted and loved. Steph, amazing. Um, well, we'll just wrap up here, and I'll just finish with, um, like she said, if anybody feels like they feel so stuck and that you can't, um, like, conquer this sin, um, as she said multiple times, like, there's so much grace in that, and Jesus is always willing and ready to love and embrace and forgive that. 
Um, and at the same time, like if you see Steph up here and think like, I, I could never like tell people this, like there's no way, there's so much guilt, there's so much shame, like I don't feel shame maybe in the moment or with my friends, but in these circles I do, like just be encouraged that the Holy Spirit is still working through you and it's not because you're sinning, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Um, but we can like come alongside you and pray through that, that you'll be more sensitive to his calling um, in those moments and help you fight that sin um, like really practically here. That's why we come here and we gather so we can help equip you to like really be in the trenches um, in your week. So um, as we kind of have those like one another times, if if you feel like the spirit saying like, please help me get victory over this. And one of those steps is just by letting like a leader know or another friend here or something of this, I'm struggling, please pray for me or I need help. Like know that there is no judgment. There is no, well, okay, we have to call your parents. We're gotta go in front of the church. Like we love you and we wanna see you grow and flourish and be exactly who God created you to be. Um, and so while these topics are semi like sensitive, um, we don't want to shy away from them because they're sensitive. Like this is the safest space that um, you can bring up those things to us. Um, so yeah, so let's give it up for Steph and thank her for her story. And Joseph, do you want to wrap us up?